0: welcome to elite team athletics podcast be sure to check us out on iheart radio or apple podcast click that subscribe button and leave a comment anyways i got my guy q in here i'm your host kyle cognitory and let's get right into it q Let's talk a little basketball, college basketball specifically. Um, I know we've been following our Minnesota boys, uh, Dawson Garcia with Marquette and Jalen Suggs with Gonzaga. Um, what are you thinking, man? Tell me what your observations are. Um, it's, it's been a very
1: interesting, you know, first week or two for the college basketball. I was very surprised with the talent of Gonzaga's team. Um, they look very deep as far as in every position they have extremely great ball handlers the guards fast tempo guys they're just my style of play I'm just gonna go go ahead and say it now Gonzaga is my team to
0: win it all they look good they look damn good and Jalen's really stood out actually um I know was it, it was his last game when that internet scare. he had the internet going crazy everybody thought he tore his Achilles uh, but he came back in and, and dished a dime I think a few minutes later after he sat out for a little bit. Um, but he's he's a great uh, Gonzaga is really like it's a good fit for him.
1: It's a great uh, a great fit for sure you know he, he has a great coach, very poise you know he has great winning percentage. they're always known for going deep in the tournament he fits right in the system. You know, he came in as a freshman. He's starting. He's he's making noise right away. So he's one of those impact players that you're going to be able to just enjoy watching through his process no matter how long he stays at Gonzaga. But he's going to be a joy to
0: watch for a long time. And then Dawson, I mean, his first two games were real real nice. I know he had a little bit of blip on, the, on that third one there um, against Oklahoma State. But, I mean, I think he's in a good fit, too. I've, I've been a lot more invested in that. I know him personally, so it's been really fun to watch him, you know, grow. I feel like he's put on some size, actually, over the summer. He looks a lot bigger than than the last time I saw him. Yeah, I agree.
1: I caught him. Um, I'm doing my best to catch every Marquette game that's that's on television. And he, he looks good. You know, I, I really didn't get a chance to see him play – you know, any type of basketball, I just remember at that open gym, he came and I was like, who's that tall guy, you know, he has a good skill, you were telling me how great he was, and all of a sudden, you know, McDonald's All-American, and you know, I, I got to find out who he actually was, but still never seen him play in that five-on-five setting, so when, when Marquette came around, they were playing, I got to see how, you know, impactful he is to the game how versatile he is at you know the, the wing forward position and he can really do it all he can stretch the floor he can slash he can attack he has a great athleticism you know, just the nice
0: combo player that you you don't see too normal too often and I've always said it man he reminds me a lot of Lamar Odom he looks like LO out there um <laughs> I think I think he's obviously going to make a lot smarter decisions than LO did but he he's got that to him. I'm excited to see him. Uh, hopefully, he's a one and done in the league in a, in a real good situation next year. I know when I saw the the first set of mock drafts, uh, Jalen was in there and so was Dawson. So I hope I hope we see something awesome like that. I know I know we there was Matthew Hurt was supposed to be in there too next year. So we'll see. Yeah,
1: yeah Before I uh, dive over to the the Duke situation, um, I do see some similarities in. Dawson's game kind of similar to Lamar Odom, you know, minus the drugs and the porn, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they're both lefties. They're both crafty. They both can handle the ball. They both have great size. You know, it's just touch a, too. Lot of, a lot of good touch, a lot of similarities, you know, good vision, great playmaking skills. And, you know, Dawson's one of those kids that you're also going to have fun watching, watching him grow. Cause he's still growing, you know, his, he had a very thin frame the first time I saw him and, you know, working out with um, Ashley, Ashley. Yeah. Working out with Ashley, she, you know, she helped build a lot of strength onto his body. You can see his frame is starting to change and, you know, he's going to become more physical, you know, on the perimeter with guards. He's going to be able to kind of go around that mid post, low post area and take advantage of other defenders with speed, length, and athleticism. So He's one of those combo players as well that's gonna, you know, take advantage of mismatches. Yeah, I
0: mean, I'm excited for his future, man. Uh, and what were you gonna say about Duke, real quick? Duke, they have a very talented team as well. Um, there is a, a kid from Wisconsin,
1: Jalen Johnson. He is very athletic as well. He had a pretty solid turnout his first couple of games. You know, they have some some growing pains they have to go through. Very young team. But Matthew Hurt, he, he looks very polished as well. You know, he, he can shoot it from three. He has a nice touch in the paint. You know, he's a smart player, and I, I liked watching him play. He reminds me of a, a more athletic
0: Dirk. He's a very – dude, he's a walking bucket. The kid's meant to put the yeah. ball in the hole. Yeah, so he uh he, he's a very
1: intelligent kid on the floor as well. You know, he has a nice jump shot, good size, you know, can guard. And that's, that's what you need in, you know,
0: high IQ basketball. Well, let's uh, slide over to the NBA. And um, a lot of our listeners keep telling us to address the uh, Malik Beasley situation. <laughs> and personally, you know me, it's, just, it's, a, it's a sad situation. We don't know all the facts. and And hopefully it plays out in a positive way and, and things get figured out. Yeah, it's a a very unique story.
1: Um, I kind of didn't believe it once I saw, you know, whatever screenshots and, you know, all these different social media pages that like to blow up sports entertainment. And I would just kind of read through the thread like, hey, you know, this is happening. And, you know, it's it doesn't seem realistic until it's someone that has a, a platform. And it's like people do this type of stuff on the daily basis. But since he's a. An NBA player, you know, he's held to a higher pedestal. But we we knew that already. Um, not not saying what he did was right, but, you know, we, we just pray for the best. And, you know, hopefully his family's all right throughout this, this dark situation.
0: Yeah, you know, the, the media has not been kind to Malik this this past summer or offseason. Um, I know they, they blew up that whole ordeal about him having a gun when supposedly somebody showed up to his house during the like parade of home stuff, they thought his home was one of the parade of homes and he was asking them to leave. They weren't leaving. So I know, I know things are definitely being blown out of proportion. And I think, man, again, I hope things work out for the best uh, for his whole family, especially, yeah, I know he's got a kid. So. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a very
1: unique situation. Obviously we'll, we'll, we'll hope for the best for everything as the outcome. You know, happens, but I guess um, you know they say money doesn't create happiness. But with the new extension and this situation, it's gonna have to create some today.
0: Yeah, yeah. The uh, the, the biggest part for me about that whole situation that that is crazy to me is you know, Larsa's son. That boy is <laughs> damn near the same age as Malik. That's that's the saddest part of the whole story to me. So, did you get a chance to see what
1: he said on Twitter? No, what'd he say? So, he posted a comment. I, I'm not word for word for this, but he's like, I'm only concerned about my own actions. I can't control what's being done outside of, you know, my control. Obviously, his mother's, you know, doing whatever she's doing with whoever she's doing it with. And, you know, that's it's publicized, you know, every time something happens with her name in it, the last name in it, it pops up in the media. And obviously that's his mom. That's not going to just be quiet. Obviously that's Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. So everything that happens, it's going to be shed to the light. And it's unfortunate that he has to be, you know, the child that sees that every time something happens, like, you know, she was with future. She was with, you know, quote unquote, Tristan Malik. Thompson, Tristan quote Thompson. Sure. Like it's, I mean, next topic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, thoughts and prayers for uh, Scottie Pippen jr. Cause I know that kid's just out there trying to hoop and it's hard enough being a child. And, and, you know, just having the normal circumstances of growing up, but it's even tougher when your mom's out there doing extra shit for no reason. Yeah. Um, it's it's different when it's
1: like, I mean, I can't speak to this as, you know, personal perspective, but, you know, I think you would look at it differently if it was like, oh, this is my cousin just out here doing this. This was my sister. This is my ex-girlfriend. This is your mother.
0: Yeah. I I can't even imagine how tough every basketball game is about to be for him. Every, every game this year at Vanderbilt, like every, every team or every team he faces is going to just dog him right out
1: the gates. That would, that would be one of the, you know, I guess stones you can throw at him. If you were the opposing team, like, Hey, like if you want to get into this dude's head, if he's a impact player, you know, that's the personal shot you could take and, Personally, I wouldn't have done that, or I would do something like that. But there are some some people out there that would take that shot. You know, yeah, there's to, a
0: few to... Julius Hodges out there running around saying yeah. stupid stuff, <laughs> throw you off guard. Oh yeah, those those are the kind of guys. And you remember when CP3 dropped them in the nuts? You know how that goes. I'm yeah. sure Scottie Pippen Jr. might slide a couple fists into people's groins. <laughs> but uh, let, let's move on from that. Um, Russell Westbrook trade, man, John Wall. I mean, who who got the better deal here? I think it was Russ for John Wall and a first-rounder, future first-rounder.
1: Yep, that is correct. Um I would have to say Houston Houston might have got the better deal just because I mean, it's it's tough. Like it's a fair trade on both sides. Like Washington they're getting a better future out of it. You know, Russell is someone who can come run a team. Like, John Wall ha- has only played, I think, I think it was 22% of the games in the last two seasons. So he's been out a lot due to injury, so we don't know what to expect from him. But I am I think he's going to collaborate with Harden pretty well. Like, they're both, well, John Wall's a fast-tempo player, so is Westbrook, but I think he's he's going to be more controlled this year, and it'll, it'll be interesting just because James Harden is so ball dominant, and John Wall is going to have to fit in at some point, some way. So we'll see. Maybe he gets some early minutes with the second unit as well when Harden goes and takes the seat.
0: But I'm I'm very interested to see how this works out. I think it's a good fit for John, and the fact that him and Harden are boys. Not to say that him and Russ weren't boys, or Harden and Russ weren't boys, but He's also got Boogie coming back, so it's going to be reuniting with Boogie first time since Kentucky. Um, hopefully Boogie's comes back to the player he once was. He used to be great, probably one of the best big men in the league, for That's sure, you. for a minute there. Um, but I, I definitely think that the safer play was the Wizards getting Westbrook. Like you said, Brody is a very, very, very you know tough player. He, he seems to finish out seasons. He doesn't seem to get very hurt. Um, I don't know. It's just safe. I don't know if if he ever finds the jumper again, he'll be real tough to beat. So I was actually
1: looking into this yesterday. So I don't know what year the first round pick they're going to get. But, I mean, yeah. 23. 23? Okay. I mean, that's beneficial. Obviously, that's an additional piece along with Westbrook. Westbrook has always been a team player. I don't think that's going to change. But the big thing that I saw is he's reuniting with his old coach Scott Brooks. Scott yep. Brooks coached him in OKC and now he has the opportunity to coach him in Washington again. So that'll be interesting as they reunite and they have a pretty, pretty young core team. So it'll it'll be interesting. I know my my fellow San Antonio spur, Davis Bertans, is over there and he I think he led the league in three point percentage. So yeah, Sam over there, Bradley Beal. You know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be some fire in Washington. Uh, don't sleep on them, but I think they'll make some noise this year. Beal had a good year, so we're we're looking to to see where it goes from there.
0: Yeah, I think Washington definitely. I mean, I don't think they lose a step because you actually gain some. You gain a guy who's gonna be there, I, unless all of a sudden Russell Westbrook starts getting injured like crazy. Um, but the tough part is, is I. You know he's he's older, he's not yeah. a, he's not the youngest guy anymore. Um, it's the same kind of argument everybody tries to make about CP three, but people forget CP three is still a stud. CP is gonna always be top three point guard, just because he's he's got the skill, man. He's he's above and beyond most players. Um, Russ he's just, I don't don't know, how how long do you think somebody can do it? Obviously, the only other comparison for somebody who has that kind of athletic ability and has done it for a very long time is LeBron, and I don't know if Russ is LeBron, if he's an alien like that. I know he does things that makes us go ooh and ah, but you wonder how many years he can do that for. And the same kind of thing, John Wall, I always thought he was very similar to Derrick Rose, and Derrick Rose has dealt with a lot of injuries. Clearly, he's changed his game to adapt and still be a very good player in the league. But you wonder with John Wall having, quote unquote, an old man's injury, how that's going to affect him. He's 28. You know what I mean? Like, why is that going to change his game long-term? It's the kind of thing where they say it's about stamina. Will he be able to play a full game, a full season, doing it night in and night out? I don't know. He does look awesome in the videos, though, that we're seeing of him playing live in Houston. Yeah, so I think that's yeah. My,
1: um, I think it's it's gonna be a very unique situation for both sides of the party. Washington, I'm also gonna be excited to watch them, seeing that Russell Westbrook is now 32 years old. I think his game is gonna start to tone down just a little bit, as far as you know the blow to courts, you know, the bull buys, the, the super fast pace, the attacking the rim with the ultra athleticism that he once had. I think it's going to be a little toned down because he has Beal now, like now he can actually take his time and use those opportunities when it presents itself rather than just getting the rebound, pushing it and, you know, coast to coast all the time. Like he doesn't need to do that. And I don't think his body will allow him to do that for, that much longer, and I mean, if he wants to stay healthy and preserve the energy, the body, the health until, you know, postseason, then that would be the way to go, but I guess only time will tell, and we'll see how how that happens, you know, John Wall, there should be no excuse for him, he hasn't played, he's played 25% a quarter of of the games in the last two seasons, so his body should be fresh. He should have some new moves in the tank. The jump shot should be getting, you know, close to ready. He should be showing some of us some stuff we haven't seen in a while, you know. So, it'll be exciting. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it.
0: All right, man. And then the other thing, too, that we were going to talk about is the Suns. There was a quote that I saw on the internet saying that the Suns are now better than the Wolves when they acquired CP3. And when you see on paper, you see D-Lo and you see Cat. I don't know. If we, we don't have a, a three, a third star yet, um, unless you want to call Anthony Edwards, but I, I, I wouldn't give a rookie that, even no. if they are the number one pick. They haven't played in the NBA. You don't know what they are yet. Nope. Um, got to gotta, gotta, gotta prove it. Gotta this is what I'm it. saying. And and I think Anthony Edwards would agree with that. I think he'd want to prove it himself. Um, but CP3, D-Book, and you got Ayton DeAndre Iden. I, I, I mean... It looks pretty good on paper. CP3 definitely a star. D Book definitely a star. Aiton uh, solid big man. I don't know if he's a star or, or what he'll technically be moving down the line, but he is a good player when healthy. I agree. Um,
1: as far as the Suns being better than the Wolves, that's that's gonna be tough. You know, Wolves do get Rubio back. You know, they they have Edwards. They still have Beasley, D D'Lo. Like, I feel like we really didn't get a full glimpse of the Wolves because when D'Lo was sent over, he really didn't play as much. You know, we had a lot of young players playing towards the end of the season uh, before before things got, you know, cut out. But the Suns, they're, they're going to have to prove it as well. I think they're that's a really good piece to add to the Suns. You know, Chris Paul, D Book. And Aiden, that's, that's going to be nice, too. So, I mean, on paper, yes, they probably are better. But, unfortunately, paper doesn't mean everything. And they're still the Suns. <laughs> they played well in the, the end of the bubbles. I mean, they went undefeated and, you know, missed the, the playoffs, I think, by one game from to the yep. Blazers. But, I mean, the Blazers, what, won one game versus the Lakers? What would the Suns have done? Facts. Fact. It may be one game, facts. Or do they win two? Or do they get swept? So that's a interesting perspective to put into that.
0: It'd be you know it'd be it'd be different though because they might actually line up better because yeah. it, if Iton's healthy and you play him against AD, it might be you know just shootout shootout. CP three, he's crafty man. Maybe he gets a couple games. I don't know. Yeah, it would it would be interesting. I know the West is going to be
1: competitive as usual. You know, we have the Suns now. They're going to be competing for a playoff spot. You know, the Wolves are coming back. You know, we still have the remaining eight teams that made the playoffs. You know, the Grizzlies are you know, they're inching to to make that push. You know, it's a lot of teams that are competitive and you know, it's not like the East. You know, you can't just walk into the playoffs. It'll it'll be it'll be tough and
0: you're going to need a cushion to secure those spots. Yes, you will. Um, LeBron and AD, since we just brought them up, uh, they just re-signed. This contract brings LeBron basically right up to when Bronny, his son, can enter the NBA as long as they don't change the straight from high school rule. That's kind of yeah. nuts.
1: So I, I see LeBron two years for $85 million. Congratulations, LeBron. Yeah. Another, Damn. Another tremendous contract
0: jealousy. I think but. the only people who have signed for more than 30 mil a year in the NBA for two separate contracts is LeBron, Kevin Durant, and Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I see uh,
1: Lillard is also on one of those right now, along with Harden. No, getting
0: 30, but they've only had one. Yeah, I'm just still saying they're, they're, still in, yeah, they're still in their existing yes. contracts so I mean, obviously it's gonna happen. More people are gonna get more, but I'm just saying. Currently, those are the three players that have finished out deals and signed a second deal for thirty million. I don't know what I don't know what
1: Hayward's doing, but he's finessing. He's he's getting the bag out of people because he hasn't played. Uh, Charlotte gave him pretty big contract. I
0: think it was like four years for one twenty or something like that. Yeah. I think it's it broke insane. down to like 30 a year, and everybody was saying he was leaving money on the table. But if that guy gets hurt again this year, he may never see another 30-mil contract again. I think it was smart on his end. Get some security. Yeah, you have to. I mean, you can't play
1: forever. We all know that. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, get it while you can. I'm
0: not mad at him. Let's bring it back to that LeBron and Bronny, though. How crazy would it be to see a father-son duo in the NBA, especially if they could be on the same team? That would be the craziest thing
1: that we probably have ever saw in the NBA. Like it was, I thought it was unique seeing all the ball brothers in the NBA now. Now that Leangelo somehow made the roster for the Pistons, I don't think that's going to stick. I I honestly don't. I just don't understand how that would stick. When he, where did he? Did he play last year? He played on their uh, G League team. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yep. Because my, my suggestion was going to say he was probably going to, you know, be in training camp, you know, get waved down, and then be on G League again, maybe a two-way or something like that. But I don't know. Good for him, man. I'm, I'm happy for for all these kids that are, you know, making, making their dreams come true. And I'm sure LeVar
0: is a proud father. Oh, he's ecstatic. And I wonder if he's ever going to get that uh, the all the ball brothers on one team, that scenario that he keeps saying all three of them. I don't know if that's possible. Good luck with that. It's <laughs> so like what's a 15
1: 16 man roster and he thinks he's going to get all three brothers on one team? Yeah,
0: right. Who knows, man? Who knows? Um, well, let's bring it into the NFL. Let's go over some of your bets. Uh, do you want me to start listing off all the games as I as I have them written down here? Yeah, we can do that. We can see what uh what we have here. All right, we got the uh, the Bengals and the Dolphins, which should be a cakewalk for the Dolphins. I don't know if Tua's playing or not, but Fitz Magic should still destroy him. Um Bengals are playing with their backup quarterback. Actually, I think their third string quarterback. I think it's Brandon Allen now. Yeah.
1: What do you think? Um, what do you, what do we got? I for mean, the- I've, it's it's eleven and a half for the Dolphins. Um, seeing how Vegas is treating things nowadays. I think that's one of the trap games. I think it'll be a competitive game. I think the Bengals will stay within 11 and a half. Uh, yeah, I would take the Bengals 11 and a half. I just don't trust the Dolphins in these
0: double-digit spread situations. Okay. Man, personally, I'd stay the hell away from that game.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't take that game personally, but if I had
0: to, I would lean Bengals with the points. Then we got the Raiders and the Jets. The Raiders should destroy the Jets. See, this is another game.
1: It's eight and a half point spread with the Raiders. See, this is where I get very mad at Vegas. This past week, it was the Raiders at, I think the Raiders were at Atlanta at the at Falcons and they had a three-and-a-half-point spread. They got blew out like 44-6 to six or something like that.
0: Or Dolphins f- are, are a sneaky team, man. I told you that, that Raheem Morris is trying to get another job. They're going to start winning for him, man. He's, they've actually yeah. been falling out for him. So, I don't know. Eight-and-a-half points
1: against the Jets. The Jets are terrible, so I would take the Raiders eight-and-a-half mm-hmm. just because, I mean, the Dolphins covered that versus them last week the Raiders should be able to, to cover eight and a half, and they should win by 10, minimum. You're you're also trying
0: to figure out the right side of the fix with Vegas. Yeah, so, I think they win by 10 for sure. Okay. Then we got the Colts and the Texans in a divisional game. Uh, the Colts will have Forrest Buckner back. Definitely makes them a very tough defense when he's in the lineup. Uh, Texans lost Will Fuller. Deshaun Watson, though, has had, I believe, over 200 completions, or... Er, er, passing attempts without an interception now. So he's just been balling out, actually. Um, But I don't know. Losing Will Fuller, definitely going to hurt Deshaun and his stock. And then going against DeForest Buckner, who's a scary, scary man. I agree. I see that uh, the
1: line is three and a half, Indianapolis. And they've been playing extremely well on the defensive side of the ball and also pretty well on the offensive side. I just don't see the Texans being able to –
0: outdo the defense take the points with the Colts three and a half plus they get Jonathan Taylor back in that run game um yep. and it, I mean it Wisconsin boy who who got screwed over by his girlfriend last week because she came home with COVID from Thanksgiving uh damn shame but I think he'll come back energized and be ready to kill it yeah I think the Texans are the second worst rush run defense in the NFL this year so I expect a big game out of their run game yeah, take the, uh, take the Colts. And then uh, the Browns and the Titans. The Browns have been a very under-the-radar team this year. They've been winning games. Kevin Stefanski has somehow put things together over there. Uh, they're running the ball very well, but the Titans are a solid team. They're they're pretty – actually solid on both sides of the ball, defensively and offensively. Um, I think it's going to be a very smash-mouth game. Derrick Henry are probably – I don't know. You could see him going from anywhere from 100 to 200 and some yards, depending on how they let him roll. Uh, this, I see the line is five and a half points.
1: Uh, the Titans were the underdog this past week versus the Colts, and they beat the Colts pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I think they're still rolling. They're still hot from that. Take the five and a half Titans. I say Titans, Titans by
0: 10. I also think there'll be a really big game for A.J. Brown. I know he doesn't get the volume that he deserves to get for a number one, but I think that guy will – I think, dude, he's just a Mack truck. He's hard to tackle. If they get the rock in his hands. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That Them Ole Miss boys, him and DK, they're scary.
1: Yeah, I, I say take the points. Five and a half Titans, they're, they're going to
0: the touchdown. Then we got uh, the Lions and the Bears, both, I mean, ugly teams. They're not fun to watch right now. Um, the Bears should win it, but you never know. You never know. Matthew Stafford's playing with a broken thumb. Galladay, I think, is still out. Um, I don't know, but that whole team's a mess. The whole team's a mess. I don't. Both teams are messes.
1: Yeah, this is one of those games where you know, it's it's a divisional game. It's a three-point spread in the the Bears' favor. They are at home. I just I don't have that much faith in the offense. And the Lions are a little banged up. This is the one where I would take just the straight up. Take the money line with the Bears. It's always they're tough. Gonna, soldier too. They're gonna win. They're gonna win the game. It'll be a close one. You know, Matt Stafford usually does a good job of keeping
0: his team close, but it usually can't cross the finish line. Then we got the Jags and the Vikes. Vikes should stomp the Jags, but they're my Vikes. They like to break my heart. I don't know.
1: This is the one where I lean. I lean towards the total. So it is a ten-point spread in favor of the Vikings at home. I say under fifty-one total. Okay. I don't, I don't. I don't think the Jags can put up that many points, especially. I don't know. Well, the Vikings' defense are.
0: Uh, nah, nah, nah. We're, getting We're coming along, man. Our defense yeah.
1: is nice. I think it'll be a, a tighter game than most think. I don't know about the 10 points, but I don't I don't think they score a total of
0: 51. Now we're about to talk about, I think, my game of the week, my favorite game that I'm looking forward to watch, the Saints and Falcons game. I'm really high on the Falcons. I don't know if they'll win. But I like the fact, obviously, that Drew Brees is out. Taysom Hill is in there. We might see Taysom Hill get benched for Jameis Winston and see some some W's is thrown up in the air by James at the end, trying to eat his chicken wings, whatever that deal is that he'd be doing. Um, but I think that's going to be a fun game. I think the Falcons, um, I mean, obviously the Saints are running the ball very well right now, but they haven't played anybody really. And the Falcons are very good against the run. They, they're very, very good. So I don't know if Taysom Hill is going to be very good. He's going to be forced to pass. And I think that he's going to be exposed. I think he's very Tim Tebow-ish. And I think they might need Jameis to come in and save the day. And if Jameis comes in, I think we got a very different ball ballgame. Um, but I think it depends on Sean Payton how long he's going to hold off before he brings Jameis in, if it's going to be too late or not. I think the Falcons' divisional game, I think they come out hot.
1: Yeah, so this is another one of those games where at Atlanta, they just had a, an upset underdog win last week. They are the underdog by three points again a very similar line it was three and a half last week total f- 45 and a half I think this is gonna be a high scoring game I see 27 24 31 31
0: 24 I would take the over I think they're gonna they're gonna throw some dots tonight that night and I know some people are gonna say but Kyle Julio Jones is hurt. Todd Gurley is hurt. Supposedly Julio might play. And if he's feeling good, I'm really high on Matt Ryan. Um, Gurley, I think he's replaceable. I think most running backs are. So I'm not that worried about him. But I do like the Falcons in this game. Raheem Morris has definitely got them playing well. Um, yeah, I like him. I like him like a lot. Uh, the next game that we got to talk about is the Rams and the Cardinals. That'll be another really good game. Um Kyler Murray is a little banged up. I know he's got a sprained throwing shoulder. Uh, Aaron Donald is a very scary man. And if he gets back there and lays on Kyler Murray, he might break him. So I think it's going to depend on how well they pass block,
1: period. So we have the Rams favored by two and a half points on the road. Just with the defensive side of the ball, I just think – the Rams are too much for the Cardinals. I think they're gonna get a lot of pressure on Kyler. He's not gonna be comfortable. The Rams, they do a very good job of controlling the ball, minimizing mistakes. Take the Rams. You can you can take
0: the two and a half points. They're they'll they're, they're good for it. I also think with uh you know D Hop being lined up against Jalen Ramsey most of the night. I think that's going to be a really fun matchup. I think you're going to see some some grappling a little bit. Um, I also know Larry Fitzgerald. I don't think he's playing. I think he's got COVID. Um, so, I mean, I think for the Cardinals to have a chance, they're going to need a really big game out of Christian Kirk or their running game, and I don't see it happening. I really don't. Not against that defense. I doubt it. I, I don't, don't see it, it. happening here. Um, two and a half take the Rams, cash it. The the other you know game that's pretty funny is the Giants and Seahawks. Um, I feel very bad for Giants fans because I think they're gonna watch them get mollywhopped this weekend. Um, it's gonna be tough. I think Russ doesn't even have to cook it. I think you might see a big dose of Carlos Hyde, a lot of uh, uh, Chris Carson. I think both of those guys are gonna run all over him. I think it's gonna be a blowout, a bloodbath. It's it's going to be nasty. What's the line for that one? So we have Seahawks at home. They are favored
1: by 11 points. Those those are some pretty thick spreads. Uh, definitely a game that I wouldn't touch. Seahawks should and would and will win that game. Uh, not, not one I'm going to touch, though. It's I, don't know. I just saw the Ravens cover a 11-point spread versus the Steelers, and they didn't have... Lamar playing, you know, it's, it's one of those games where Vegas needs to cover. Everyone's hammering the Steelers because, oh, this person's out, COVID, COVID, COVID. Mm-hmm. And it just feels right.
0: It's one of those plays that just feels right. Then we got the uh, Pats Chargers, which I think, you know, Belichick's probably one of the, he is, he's the greatest defensive-minded coach probably the NFL has ever seen. Um, Justin Herbert, he has been very, very good, but he's the kind of player that seems to be hot until the fourth quarter. He's very good at getting the team in the game, but he's not very good at closing it. I don't know if he'll figure that out as his career continues. I mean, obviously very young guy, but I do think that Belichick knows how to shut people down. I think you'll see a quiet game from Keenan Allen. Um, Stefan Gilmore is a freaking stud. So I'm sure he'll be blanketing him all the game. Um, I don't know. Pats Pats have been up and down, but I still think I mean it's Belichick. It's Billy. Yeah, I think
1: they. Uh, I don't remember who they played last week. They squeezed out a pretty tough win. Texans. Texans. Yeah, I was expecting the Texans to maybe pull a close one off. I didn't. I didn't put anything on it, but. I think the Patriots, they get this one. They're only favored by one point, so pretty much it's even. I, I, I say roll with the Patriots on this one. They're, they're always going to be t- playing tough. It's, it's towards the, the back end of the year. Yeah, it's going to be one of those games.
0: Then we got the uh, Eagles and Packers, which, I mean, again, Packers should annihilate them. I don't know what the line is. The Eagles... I don't know what's going on with Carson Wentz. I'm actually a Wentz fan, but things are not clicking over there in Philly. They've been dealing with a lot of injuries, but they're finally healthy, actually. So I don't know what's going on. A lot of talk about them saying that they're going to start playing Jalen Hurts. They were expecting him to play a lot last week. I think he got only two snaps. I don't know if this week it'll finally change or not. Um, But, yeah, I'm I'm not – I'm not loving it, and I hate saying go with the Packers because I absolutely despise the Packers. But they got a pretty nice schedule.
1: Yes, yeah, so, so it looks like the Packers are at home, favored by 9.5. The way their their offense is rolling, I say take the Pack, 9.5. I don't think the Eagles can put enough drives together to, to cover it. They did backdoor cover versus the Seahawks last week. There, uh, I don't know. I think the Packers at home, I think they win by
0: 14. Okay. We got the Broncos and the Chiefs. Um, their COVID protocols should be done with, so they should have their quarterback back. I think we'll see a different team this week. Obviously, I don't think they'll beat the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are extremely tough. Their offense is super scary. And they finally have Sammy Watkins back, so they're going to have somebody underneath who will be able to open things up. For somebody who's already blowing the top off in Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. So, I mean, to have Sammy Watkins be your third receiving option, uh, it's just absurd. It's not even fair. I know Clyde Hilaire or CEH might be out because of some sort of illness, but I mean, Le'Veon Bell is going to walk right in and take over and not have a problem.
1: Yeah, I agree. We have the Chiefs favored at home by 14 points. They should win by about 17, but the Broncos, if they are you know healthy, I think they could stick around. This is one of those – it's a night game also. I say take the points
0: with the Broncos. I think the Broncos, to, to, to make the bet work, are going to need a big game out of Judy, and I don't know if he's healthy or not enough right now. I know last week, obviously, we don't get to know because they played with a wide receiver at quarterback. Um, who wasn't even in the league last week? He was just signed to the practice squad that month. Um, so I don't know. I know your boy Mel though. He'll be leading the helm. Uh, Philip Lindsay, I believe, is out. So you might see a big game from Mel.
1: Yeah, that'll that'll be interesting. I know they'll have to get the running game together. You know, he's he's more than capable of making it happen. You know, he's he's a playmaker. So I look forward to actually tuning in into that Sunday night and it'll be a good one to watch. I'm, I'm riding with the Broncos, plus 14 on the road.
0: The game that I really like a lot, too, and this is a bold prediction of mine, this is even crazier than the Falcons-Saints, uh, Washington and Steelers. I think we're going to see an upset. I don't know if the Washington will win, but I think you could get this bet if you bet on Washington. And the reason why I say that is the Steelers have had the easiest schedule in the NFL. I know they're undefeated. Don't be blinded by that. They've had the easiest schedule in the NFL, and they're also banged up. I think James Conner will be out uh, with COVID. Um, I know he's high risk because he's had leukemia, I believe, before, but Benny Snell should be able to you know, hop right in and not have an issue. Also, they got Anthony McFarlane, who's a good ball player as well. And, um, I mean, defensively, they just lost Bud Dupree, who's a very good defensive end. So that defense took a little shot. Washington's defense is tough, man, and the Steelers' offense looked horrible last week. Yeah, it's a it's
1: an interesting line. They have the Steelers minus seven. So on paper, yeah, they're undefeated. Yeah, you know they've been winning ball games by pretty close margins.
0: They should have I lost would... to the Ravens, and they didn't play well against the Ravens when the Ravens were playing their third and fourth string players. That's the scary part. I
1: agree. I think this is a bounce back game for them. I, I buy the half point, knock that spread down to six and a half. Steelers should win by a touchdown. Yeah. They just had- have they just have enough enough in the tank to get, get enough stops to get them over that, that score hump. Seven seven should be minimum. I think they Washington should, Especially at home. At home,
0: I, I I gotta go with the steel curtain. I think Washington's got the juice to make an upset there and make Vegas very happy. It'll be an interesting week. Then we got Bills and the Niners, which is which is another really good game. Actually, the Niners are starting to get healthy. Um, I know they're really hoping that Jimmy G comes back and George Kittle comes back um, by the end of the season. They hope to make the playoffs, and this year there's a good chance because we're taking seven teams. There's no second round or a uh, first round bye for second. Seeded teams this year, Um, but the Bills are another tough team. They're good on both sides of the ball. Last week, they actually ran the ball very well, which is something they've been struggling with. Um, But their receiving core is dangerous. I know John Brown's out, but Gabriel Davis is stepping right in, and I think he's you know a great player. I'm surprised he slid to the fourth round um, in the draft because I think he could have gone much higher. Um, So I don't think there's going to be much of a drop off with him in instead of John Brown. Cole Beasley, obviously the craziest Mitch Mast out of the slot, probably in the NFL, great route runner. And my guy, Stefan Diggs, can you dig it, is still there. So I don't know. The Niners went healthy. Probably the one of the best teams in the NFL right now. They're not quite there. But I could see them upsetting the Bills, even though the Bills probably should win this game. I am going to go with the, the Niners
1: as well. They are favored by 1 point at home. Uh so it is pretty even as far as the line spread. It'll be a uh, the Monday night game, you know, it'll be highly anticipated. You know, guys will get uh, the extra day of rest. It I'm I'm going to go with the Niners. Home and dogs.
0: You know, you know I got a you too cuz I think your boys are going to get racked by the Ravens.
1: I'm just gonna bypass that comment.
0: <laughs> What's the spread? Uh I don't even see the line. It doesn't Probably because they don't know how many players are playing for the Ravens yet due to the COVID protocols. Yeah, more than likely, but whatever it is, I'm riding with the Cowboys, so You're let's, crazy. Let's do it. Q likes losing money on Sundays. Not necessarily. <laughs> no one likes it. Vegas loves it, but no one, no one likes it. All right, my man. Well, I appreciate you. We had a good episode. I look forward to doing it again next week. Sounds good.